Hello, hello, hello. First and foremost, Happy New Year. I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but it was last year. So you know what? Happy New Year. Welcome back to uh, Movie Roulette. I'm here with the homies. If you don't know them, introduce yourselves, boys. What's good? What's good? I'm Akeen. Greetings and salutations, everybody. The king is back. Dwight in the building. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you guys had a decent year. You know, 2020 was was a little crazy. There was a lot of stuff going on. I feel like a lot of people took the opportunity to make the best of what they had. You know, some people took a new hobby. Some people, you know, decided to like throw themselves into their work. If they were able to get work, you know, that kind of stuff. So only wishing the best for all of our listeners, all all eight of you. And um, and yeah. Wait, and- did you say all eight of you? <laughs> Love each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning each in. Each and every one. This, we do this for you. <laughs> so uh, we spun our roulette wheel uh, last year, and uh, we decided to watch the movie Invisible Life. What can I say about this movie? It was a, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, it was one of those movies that was, uh, I believe, it was screened at TIFF actually in 2019. Um, it was just it was just on a long list of movies that that I was researching where we were compiling our lists, and uh, it seemed really interesting. It was just a drama. Like I like drama. You know who doesn't like drama? So we figured, you know, let's watch this movie. A brief synopsis: the movie is about two sisters who live in Brazil in uh, you know the 1950s, and uh, one of the sisters ends up running away with a sailor. Because they think that they're in love, but the sailor really just wants to smash, you know? So Finesse. More than that, bro. She found out he's low-key Nigerian. Jesus she Christ. had like 10 wives waiting back at uh, wherever it was, Greece. That's where they went to. So the man, so man kind of finessed her and knocked her up and then abandoned her in Greece. The other sister ended up staying at home with the family. Uh, her dad is a bread maker and her dad's having financial troubles and, you know, has a deal with, I believe, is, is it the guy who supplies flour? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, he, he supplies flour. Yeah, he the guy who flour. supplies flour, you know, wants to make a deal with him. And uh, some time passes after the other sister runs away with that dude. And the other sister that stayed back, Yuritsi, or Yuridis, sorry, Yuridis, uh, gets married off to someone. I'm, I'm assuming to support the family business. It's just, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and uh, basically the father is really really against the the one sister gida who who ran away really against her being a part of the family you know he just feels supreme shame and when she comes back all knocked up you know hoping to come back to her family he he basically you know kicks her out of the house and says you know you ran away you're dead to me so the whole movie is basically the two sisters you know yearning to see each other you know hoping for for better lives for each other but never actually being able to meet Kind of a bittersweet movie. What, what what did you guys think about it? Well, I I loved the movie. Um, it was v- I like I'm not gonna lie. I cried at the end. I really did. It was. Are you serious? It was. Yeah, no, dead ass cried. I cried. I was, I felt the tears welling up, man. That was sad. Oh wow. Because I can see her. Sad. Like I don't want to jump to the end. So let's like uh, jump to it. The motion. Okay, fuck it. I'll jump to it. Um, at the end when she sees the letters, and then starts to read what letters. Them, the letters that were in the box that uh, were hidden, uh, hidden uh, from her. They were because they're sending letters to each other, correct? Uh, throughout the movie, they were them. sending letters to each other. Yeah, uh, Gita yes. was sending then, letters. Yeah. Oh, Yuritsi never wrote letters. No. 
Oh, my apologies. I thought they were writing to each other, and then they're just never... Oh, you're right. Where would she write them to, right? She doesn't know where the fuck she is. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh, the le- Which was crazy, because the husband of Yuritsi had the letters, so, like... Was he well, the husband? Her husband them? didn't have the letters. He had per them in se. the box. The dad, the dad had the letters when the dad, when the mom died, and the dad came to live with them. He brought that over. Yeah, because she was saying how her father didn't like to throw anything away or something like that. Yeah, and the letters were being addressed to their old house. She didn't know about about um where they were living towards the end of the mo- where they were living towards the end of the movie after the mom died. Okay, well, the moment that uh, she found out that the letters were from uh, Gita, like, that moment in her face, like, it was just so beautiful. And and it's upsetting because I try to predict the movie, obviously, I think most people do this, and I was predicting when are they going to finally meet. And then when it time skipped to when she was old, I was upset because it was clear they never met yet. They still haven't met. But then... To see that she found the letters and realized that Gita was dead and that she still thought of her and so on and so forth. It wasn't the ending that I wanted, but the ending that I needed. And I really loved that. So that was a great, that was a great moment. I agree. It was, it was, it was interesting. It was a little bittersweet. Like, I like that they had some moments that showed that, like, you know, they're both living in the same city, but the city is just so vast, man. Like, there are even examples of, like, locals saying, hey, like, I had a cousin who I didn't know was my cousin living, like, down the street from me for, like, 15 years, you know? Crazy shit. And there was there were there were instances where they were both in the same restaurant at the same time, but they, they weren't able to see each other just because of, you know, personal reasons. Class difference. I don't want to get too into, but... It was class difference. It was. It was class difference for sure. Like, class difference definitely did... um have have an effect on on their ability to meet each other but you also got to remember that gida at the scene where they were all in the restaurant gida's father was at the dinner was at the table in the restaurant while yuritsi was with her daughter gida's son ran away from gida and went to the restaurant she went there found her son playing with yuritsi's daughter and looked through the glass and saw the father sitting there at the table yeah if she had the guts to go talk to him or say anything to him, be like, "Hey, this is your, this is your grandson." Anything, just those those minuscule those minuscule seconds could have allowed the two to meet. Damn, that's a good that's point. True. It could have changed how he felt too. Who knows? Nah, it's true. I don't think so. Nah, because think about it. Because like when Gita finally came back and the father was pissed and saying, "Oh, you left off of impulses." He too kicked her out off of an impulse. He didn't let those feelings settle to really have a clear mind. He was just really pissed off and kicked her out. So like, it's not today's day and age where like we have the internet. You can just find someone on Facebook and you know reconnect again. Like she's gone. She's in. He the has wind. letters with an address. Uh, on. Yes, but you also got to remember that at that point in the movie, Yuriti and Gida's mother died, so he had nobody. He was only living in Yuriti's house with her family. So to see his new grandson, I can't I can't just assume that the man's going to be like, you know, look at this kid, bastard child. I don't want to see this. Like, I don't know what would have happened, but no one would have known. No, no one would have known what happened. But like those are possibilities that could have came came into into reality if Gita had the guts to go and say something to him. Maybe. Either way, it was I felt it was a personal reason. What was the personal reason? Like, was it out of hatred that she did not go to him? 
Yeah, because she at that point she realized that they're not family anymore. You know, it's like her family w- w- was was Philo, the woman that took her in when when she had nowhere to go. You know, or Phila, sorry, Phila. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure she did say, "Yo, if you kick me out, I'm never coming back." And she didn't. Yeah, she's Straight stubborn, just like her daddy. Straight up. Um, and uh, just a question. So you just got married away. She she was I, she wasn't forced, but she did it for the family, whatever. Do it you was think an engagement. Had, yes. Do you you mean arranged? Yeah, arranged. arranged yeah. Yeah. Um, if Gita had stayed, because she is the oldest, if I'm not wrong, if Gita had stayed, do you think it would have been her being uh, arranged marriage to that man, or? I have a feeling. I wouldn't be surprised because that's typically how it goes, right? Your first of kin is is. I won't say sold off, but it's given it's to you know. Sold off, bro. I don't know. I think it <laughs> was part off. of the plan from that first scene that we see the father, because they kind of shoo Gita off to the room. Or no, sorry, Gita like shoes herself off. If she was the one to be arranged, then she would definitely be more of a have more of a part in that gathering. But I feel that the only reason she wasn't. Um, sold off quote air quotes sold off was because she decided to to um get away from the gathering you know if she if she didn't fake being sick and like ran away to go dancing with this random sailor like it's very possible that she would have been the one who's in that room with this with the with her sister with her parents with the with the flower supplier possibly being sold off to his kin you know what i mean like it's like her removing herself from the situation removed herself as an option. Uh, maybe, but I feel like it wouldn't. Even if um she was supposed to be the person to be arranged, I feel like that's not part of her passion. You know, like she's a passionate lover type of woman, right? We see it even in um the way that we see it in the scenes where she runs off with uh whatever that guy's name is. We like she's literally. Pardon? Lagos. Lagos. Lagos, yeah. okay. But yeah, we see that um it's kind of the very way it's shot, it's kind of like a dream sequence. You got a little bit of a slow motion with blurs going on and there's nothing but neon lights. She's like drunk in love. Facts. Like it's literally I'm telling you, yo, it's, it literally what I felt watching that scene, it was like it was a dream. You know, and that's where I get like her an idea of how she views love. And I don't think she would go for an arranged marriage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree with you. If they did try to arrange her, she'd end up maybe running off anyways at some point um, because she's passionate. And she just she just wants to live in the wind. That's Facts. just how it is. Yeah. So how do how do you feel about the love portrayed in the movie then, the different types of love? Well, um, well, I think um, it's very. Well, there's two ways that they portray it. The first is that dream way, as shown by Gita, but then when we look at Eurydice and the way that she gets married off and whatnot, it's. First of all, I want to say, did y'all get how awkward? that those sex scenes were with Eurydice and her husband? Uh, Bro, because it's just... just 
I, I could tell, like, it felt like she didn't want to be with him, like, at all. Like, she wasn't for it. Fast. In the beginning. In the beginning. In, uh, in well, the beginning. Even towards the she was... end, she didn't seem like she was for it, bro. No. I, no. I, I think she grew to, maybe not adore, but she got used to it later on. No, the like, only thing that made her get used to it was the fact that they had a fucking kid together. Facts. That she did not want. Facts. Like, she was dead-ass going to get an abortion. But this kind of leads into my theory. So... Yurdis makes a point of saying how um, her dream to be a pianist, that idea was sparked by Gita. Gita was the one that was pushing her down that road to follow her dreams, right? But now Gita's gone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have... Um, Gita is kind of like the um, the kindling that lights her passion, kind of. So with Gita gone... Yurdis has no reason to kind of pursue her passions against her family. Because we already... was basically the inspiration, right? Well, more than inspiration. Gita was just, like, literally uh, her initiative, you know? Like, that I'm gonna go do this mentality, you know? Everybody needs that type of friend, right? Yeah, the okay. motivator. The motivator. Gita was her motivation. So, without Gita... All she's hearing is, you shouldn't do this. This is a terrible idea. You must hate your family. What about our kid, you know? And then she's kind of just like, well, shit, what do I do now? So second chance comes around, she gets knocked up again. She doesn't want it. Like, she wants, as much as that's her dream, she doesn't have that fire to do it without her sister. And so and so she self sabotaged herself. Exactly. I agree to an extent, but I don't I don't think that that is the whole story. And it's a good theory, but for me, it's like yes, yes, Gita was was her motivator in a sense, but she decided to to continue to try even after she was gone. I feel because it was it was an ideal that she put in her head and it was something that she always wanted. You know what I mean? It's like right. even when she was gone, she still had the piano at home. When she moved away after getting married, she still brought the piano to the new place. She was always playing her piano. It was only after those self sabotaging moments, which I don't blame her for, man. Like she even said, like, yo, don't nut in me. And the man did it anyways. Yeah. She like, washing out her vagina aggressively. Like she was looking at out. how to get an abortion, dude. Like, that shit is, does not fly in the fucking 50s and 60s, It was okay? literally illegal. <laughs> Which, if Super I can add, illegal. whatever uh, that woman, I would never even got her name. Um, the sister suge- to her husband. Yeah, she suggested some tea. I googled that tea. It's not even effective. It's not an effective way to have an abortion at all. I guess just because they're poor, it's all they have. Maybe. Well, you're most likely to just get sick and hurt yourself and not the baby. But anyways. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I do agree that she was a motivator, but I feel like I don't want to say she self-sabotaged herself. I want to say that life came at her like a truck. I disagree. Like, she, she did not have control over everything that but was she happening did. back then, you know? She had, like, even though it was super, it would be super illegal, she could have easily... Actually, yeah, quite easily falling down a flight of stairs uh, during her first pregnancy or something, right? Or even Wait, what? <laughs> what? 
You said fall down a flight of stairs? Yeah, like, bro. I get it. I get it. Like, if she really wanted it, she could get it. But the thing is that she was sabotaged by the things around her. The doctor, she didn't tell her husband when she was pregnant. Right. The doctor went past her over to her husband and said, hey, you know, great news. You guys are having a kid. Right. And, you know, the, the husband was like, happy. oh, the doctor came and told me because he said that you didn't seem too happy when you got the news. Why didn't she tell me? He he came in. And he's like, do you have anything to tell me? Do you have any news? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, and she didn't say shit. Right. Because she was going to deal with that right. on her own. <laughs> no, nah, for sure. But with the Yo. man knowing... That's a whole different story. Like, the man's going to snitch. The man's going to put her in jail. You can't go be a fucking pianist when you're in jail. But she didn't give yeah. up, though. And that like, moment with the sure doctor, first... is that a moral? No, nah, it's just, like, first of all, it's the 50s. Second, it's her husband. If it happened today, is it a moral? Because it's medical records, you know well, what I mean? That depends. Did the patient say, don't tell nobody? But even if he does... If Not even that. It's just that it's a it's a fucking age where it's, like... The men, you know, women yeah, just you know, do this and that and like, you know, fuck women. Like, it's what the man wants. Like, that's what it is, you know, regardless of whether it, it should be confidential or not. It doesn't yeah, matter that, because, that you know, the question I'm asking if it's a moral regardless of era. That doesn't matter. Is it a moral or not? In but, your opinion, at least. Eh, I'm indifferent. And like, how, what do you mean? Is it, is it wrong for her to, uh, for the doctor, because the doctor noticed she was upset about this yeah. pregnancy. So that was the fire that when the husband called, he said, this is my opportunity. Let me tell him about the pregnancy. This is, this is, um, what's the word? Patient. Doctor patient uh, confidentiality. Co- thank you. Thank you. That so, does not exist when you're a woman in that era, bro. I it's, it's not even about whether it's right or wrong. Is like, it immoral though? I understand. It doesn't matter. That- it doesn't matter if it's immoral. It might be fucking wrong, but he's doing it anyways. He's like, I don't want this fucking baby to die, so I'm telling your husband. Probably. Yeah. Like, it's a, yeah, it's immoral. You shouldn't be telling yeah, anybody anything, you know, you but he did it. Nah, I hear you. I watched the movie. But real quick, though, let me get back to this theory. So, mm-hmm. with um, the first attempt, she failed miserably, you know, got knocked up. She couldn't do the test. Second time she does the test, she passes. Like, she is successful. What happened after that again? Do you guys remember? Damn. Yeah, after she did the test, she was, you know, she was she was walking on on, on clouds, bro. She was so happy. And right. She, uh... Was that a... Oh, and then um, I think the detective, the ex-police officer, found yep. what was not the grave of Gita, but they believed it to be. Then... Mm-hmm. Um, then she found out that from the father that, uh, well, that she he came back. Lying. She was, yeah, that he was lying. Yep. And, and the then the mother she, was also keeping it from her as well. Go on. Yes. Yes. And then she had, what's the word? It's depression, manic depression some, syndrome? Manic just depression manic depression, syndrome? I'm pretty sure. And yeah, and she then do? she just snapped. She burned the piano and something else. But she I think the most important was the piano. the piano. Her sister, her motivator died. So she said, fuck this dream. I don't want it anymore. Got no fuel left in the fire. You keep saying motivator. I think she started, like, at the beginning, she motivated her. And then she found out, you know what? This is really cool. I like this. I have a passion for it. And I think Gita served more as an inspiration later on. Because even in the film, there's a moment when you see Gita, uh, 
Eurydice flowing on the piano and she's thinking about Gita. Right. And they're just dancing and so on and so forth. That seems like inspiration to me. That's fine. Can't be both. And like, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think that it was less like her giving up because of Gita not being there because she was never there in the first place. I think it's more so like the trauma of it all and the reality of her situation finally hit her. You know, like, she always had this romantic excuse me, she always had this romanticized idea of her sister living this fantastical life with her with her loving husband and she probably has a family and blah 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 blah. And then she's like, No, she's dead, you know, she's dead. Right. That's it. And that's when reality really hit her. It's like I might have gotten in, but you know, I have a kid, I have a husband, my old dad lives with me, I'm pregnant again, you know, like what can I what can I do? You know? And I feel like she lost herself in that in that situation. Yeah, it's just nothing but losing control. She had no control from the beginning. But like, here's the issue. sister was with in the same city as you. The issue with that is she never once believed that she would never find Gita again. That's literally why she paid for the investigator. The investigator said, yo, we're not finding her. You should stop paying me. She said, nah, keep looking. Um, we're going to find her. Hey, I found her. She's dead in a cemetery. Well, shit. Fire. Oh shit. Yeah. That's giving up. Fucks. Like the death of her sister is what is the is has a direct correlation in, with her giving up. Yeah, for sure. Like it's her giving up, but I don't know if, if that's the reason. I want to say that it's like it's the reality check. Like that was the reality it's check. It's the trigger, like, man. Her... It's the trigger. I think the trigger was the father lying and the mother lying. Like, cause when when she f- found out that he, she was dead, like she was like devastated, sure. But it's the moment she found out, oh, she was here this entire time, and you all lied to me, and it's now like, she's dead. I think facts. that moment is what put her over the fucking edge. Cause she, I think it was it. the fact that she realized that she doesn't have control over her life anymore. Like the piano was her control. It was like what she could do to get away and follow her dreams and go back to a time where she was with her loving sister. But you know the fact that like everyone was lying to her about whether like the status of her sister and her like trying to hold on in, in investigating her and following her dream and saying, Hey, you know, I did it. Like, this is my life now. You know, once, once that was taken, when she realized that she had no chance, that's what really pushed her over the edge. That's what I think the catalyst really was. But how are you guys saying that she realized she had no chance? She succeeded. She accomplished exactly what she needed. Did to. someone say chance or control? I but I, but that. I said I said both, but I think chance because like bro, like like her life, like she didn't have control over what she wanted. Everything was forced onto her, man. She didn't want the pregnancy, you know. She didn't. She wanted to find Gida. She asked her father and mother multiple times about her. They were keeping the letters from her. It was like it was like the world and all the people around her were conspiring against her and forcing her into into this situation. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's like although although she had that one good part in her life, she couldn't. She couldn't hold on anymore, you know, like everything else was just too overwhelming. Right. But the thing is, why couldn't she hold on? Because if you actually look at this, this is the one thing she has control over. She could get up and go. And that would be that. I don't think she could, because even though she got in, she had a full family. Like even the husband was saying like, yo, like we got to look after our daughter. Like, you know what? You expect me to be in the kitchen and clean and cook. And like, bro, like, <laughs> he was you know? wild. That she was a great She accounted for like that, that, though. They had a whole conversation about that. Bro, she was against it from the get go. 
he was against it. She did not sure, have, but she like she knew what she was doing, to an extent. I, I, I guess I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I feel like she kind of like took the chance and did it, and like she was trying to figure. She was just like so happy about it, but like the husband wasn't. Like no, like you know, she was the only one who was so happy about like this success in her life, and everyone's like, no, you congratulations, you got him, but what, you're gonna be a pianist now? No, you're a woman. You're supposed to be fucking taking care of the family. It's like yeah. I I feel that they weren't letting her just despite her success. That's what I mean by like everyone conspiring against her. Like obviously it's like the times and whatever, and like that would not fly right now. But I I I feel that it was it was an amalgamation of all the things around her leading up to that point. Right. Personally, though, I think that Gita is the cornerstone of all of that like like where she has everything set up against her the only the only person and the only force that was on her side pushing her to follow her dreams was Gita without that push there is no dream well it's an interesting theory i mean you're not right or wrong that's fair to say i just i i can't i can't like put myself behind that theory completely because of the fact that she wasn't there for most of the movie anyways so it's like where was that support? Why did she even bring the piano with her in the first place? You know, like it was a sense I get, of I hope. I do get man. what you're saying. It was a sense of hope. Her hope that she could follow her dream and her hope that she could see her sister again. She leaves that behind, she burns it, then she's got no more hope. Which eventually did happen. That's fair. So then do you think do you think it was it was better for her to leave the piano behind then? Flash forward to the end of the movie. You know, there's a big ass time skip. She's an old ass lady. Do you think that that life that she had would have been bad, like the best life that she could have lived without the piano? Or do you think that the piano would have been better for her? I think that um, the piano might have been a good escape, but that piano, as if even if we go back to what you mentioned before, when she, uh, not you, sorry, what Akeem mentioned before when she was using Gita as her inspiration, flowing on the piano, thinking about dancing with her sister, it's kind of like. You leave the piano behind, then you leave your sister behind, and that will probably give you a little bit more peace of mind, I guess, but also less happiness. So that's a tough question to ask. I, I say yes, but that means sacrificing her happiness because I guarantee you she was not happy with her life. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the feel I was getting for most of the movie, man, like, just kind of it was just sad it was just sad on both ends man like both of them just fucking did not have good lives like i maybe maybe in the later years sure but like after she left it just it felt like it was just going downhill for both of them for a long period of time you know like Gita was trying to find love again but she fucking had her baby like it was crazy to me that like there was that one scene where she literally has the baby comes home yeah. and then goes out like what the fuck you just fucking pushed the baby out of your Crazy. out of your cooch bro and now you're just going out trying to find a dude like what the hell for real you're literally lactating in your dress and you have to come home <laughs> like it was just it was it was just shocking to me definitely uh <laughs> sorry the etiquette though to uh what you saw that she was lactating and wanted to go back home to her baby the etiquette where she said let me at least finish this guy off <laughs> and not waste this complete time. I thought that was really funny. Honestly, I just yeah, I agree with you. I was like, well, okay, this is happening. There's <laughs> no more. Like she's not living the dream no more. She's out of that dream bubble. Yeah, yeah. Now she's just in the basement jerking off old dudes. 
I have a question though. It's the life that she's living. Life comes at you fast. What y'all think of the title? Like, how do you guys see the title playing into the movie? Like, what does the title mean to you guys? What the the invisible life? Yeah. Hmm. I think that the title has to do with 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 the lives that they saw for each other. You know, it was like this is this invisible life that that one is living, and the other is kind of like forming it in their head. But that's not the reality that they're living. You know what I mean? Okay. That's the way I saw it. I I I felt that they were kind of like two halves of the same whole. You know, they kind of like both had each other to like push them forward. Definitely. In that sense. Yeah. But it was all just in their heads, you know, like they were both living bad lives, just hoping that the other's living a good life, you know, for sure. You know, you know, it's crazy that you guys know the full title of the movie, right? Was it The Invisible yes. Life of what? The Invisible Life of Eurydice Guzman. Yeah. Mm. So it's like it's interesting that it's Eurydice Guzman like, as if she's the main character. Because I kind of feel like they both were the main character. We both saw their uh, their lives unfold in front of us. You know, it wasn't just about her. But I guess she felt the most invisible because, like, as we said, she had no control. No one cared about her wants or needs. There was that, and there was also the fact that, like... Damn. She she was the one who, who grew older. Like, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Guys, whoa. She was kind of trapped in her family. She was. Yeah. Her sister got she, away. She yearned for what the sister had, and the sister wanted to come back. Right, but the, the sister, sister was had... free. Like she yeah, yeah, had, true. like she had the life that Eurydice. Well, um, I wouldn't say Eurydice wanted, but she had the life the that Eurydice life. was striving for. Like she went wow. away, she became her own woman. She kind of like built a life and a family for herself. That's kind of what you're, well, I'm not going to say that's what you're wanted, but that seems the direction that you're was trying to go in. I don't know about that. Like I felt that I felt that to Akeen's point, I feel like she was invisible. Yes. Because like she no one really cared about what she wanted and what was happening with her life. And I feel that that is what, what Gita wanted after things weren't working out when she ended up going on her own. It's like she you're just wanted the freedom and Gita wanted the stability. Yeah. You know what I mean? She wanted the family life. She was she was literally alone by herself. She had no one. She had the baby. She didn't even want the baby. She had to be convinced to go back for the baby. That's facts. You know, like <laughs> she left that hospital bed with blood still on her Gucci. Bro. She was like, out. Yeah, that I don't want crazy. this. She literally cut, bro. Like, and that wild. scene when she was giving birth, what was up with the doctor pressing down on her stomach? I don't know, man. I'm not a doctor. Maybe that's fifty. <laughs> no, that, maybe that's... that's the '50s method. You know, push it out from Jeez. the outside while they're pulling from the outside, and while she's pull- pushing from the inside. Was a... the 50s <laughs> method. Yeah, we do. It's like we don't tell you to push; we just push for you. Exactly. Oh, how we have evolved. <laughs> a oh, wild man. time. I. Yeah, so uh, just... so if you were to give this movie a rating, what what would you give it? I'm curious. Whew. I'm gonna let it king start. Honestly, it was a very emotional movie. Um, a great melodrama. I think I'd give it honestly a seven point five out of ten. Like it made me feel. I was actually mad invested. Yeah. 
I was mad invested. I was like, what is going on? And just the ending was, to me, phenomenal. It was great. So, yeah, 7.5 out of 10 for sure. Okay. All right, let's see. So. Snick about to tear it apart. This movie was kind of hard for me to get through because I'm a person that kind of likes, you know, action and intrigue or some mystery. And dramas are my thing. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, dramas are my thing. So it was kind of tough for me to get into it. But the thing that made me get into this movie and stay in this movie was the understandings that I got from the characters. Like the philosophical angle, that's where I was really enjoying this movie. It was like, you know, it was a good teacher. Let's say, let's put it that way. So. I guess if I were to rate this movie, I'd give it a 6.5 off of visuals and off of the depth of the story. Okay. Okay, okay yeah, that, that's fair. Can I just fair. ask Dwight one thing? Um, you called it a teacher. Mm-hmm. If you could just give one one lesson, just one lesson, I'd like to hear it. Ooh. You know what? You guys go... Um, you guys... Talk some more, and th- I'm going to just... Arande will finish up. Yeah. Arande will finish up, and then you'll, you'll come back to us. Go for it. Right. Okay, bet. Um, I like this movie. I liked it a lot. Um, I like dramas. I like I like dramas with a bit more action, but you know, like, you know, it is what it is. Um, It was interesting that the whole movie was in Portuguese, too. I find I find uh, a lot of international films to be to be very different, and this was definitely very different from what I would typically find from, from Western movies. Um, or at least movies in, you know, the States and Canada and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I would give it a solid, yeah, like, like a keen, like a seven, a seven point, a 7.5, maybe an eight if I'm feeling generous, but 7.5. I thought the, I thought that the story was, was very, very well written. I liked, uh, how it was very, it was very to the time, you know, like I really felt like it was 1950. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck, is this really happening? Like when 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 Gita got that second job at like that that factory, and they're the the guys were talking shit. They're like, "You're lucky that you that a female got a got a facts. job here." You know, That's like shit facts, like that. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you could be a prostitute, right? Like that is that is wild. Mm-hmm. I was like, it ma- it really made me think. It's like, wow, this is really what the world was like. And it's like, oh yeah, and this is happening in fucking Rio de Janeiro. So <laughs> I could only imagine what it's like over there. You know, so. Mm-hmm. I thought that that being historically accurate was was one of the things that really propelled this movie forward. Um, I thought that it had a lot of interesting themes. You know, there was a lot of different types of love. You know, there was a lot of cruelty to to the main characters and like what was going on around them. It was interesting to see see the dynamic between Eurydice actually losing her mother and uh, Gida losing her mother figure. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 what what was like the parallels between them you know like gita gained a lot but i feel like Eurydice lost a lot in that same sense they were they were like two sides of the same coin so yeah it was very interesting like like dwight i'm i'm more of like an action guy or like i just want more to happen but it was interesting just seeing these two characters play their lives out in front of me yeah Uh, so i'd recommend yeah for sure Uh, if i could just touch on one thing i didn't i didn't understand why gita had to become Philo in name and then she killed her name basically but i did understand how it worked for the movie because she wasn't gita anymore you know that, that life was over 
Yeah. So, but I felt that moment was maybe a little forced. I think I, I think that like in terms of like law wise, like she didn't Fila didn't have any family, so like she couldn't just be like, okay, my house goes to you, you know, and like I don't think mm. she had the strength to write a will, like she was literally like dying, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense now. So for her to keep the house, she would have to become Philo. Uh, yeah, okay. so the death is just like of someone who was living in the household, but like Philo, Philo never actually died on paper. Interesting. Another thing, what I, I was shocked that she needed the signature of her husband just to take her just son to, to another no, country. No, just to get her son a passport. Just, yeah, exactly. So I thought I was like, damn, like I understood women had women like Westbrook had no rights, like they were seen less than men, blah blah blah. But it's like they were really pushing that angle. Like, the father needs to be around. If you're a single mother, tough shit. Like, that's it. It's like you can't do anything if you're a single mother. You have a kid, that's crazy. Your dad doesn't live in this country. You got nothing, man. You got nothing. Yeah. Crazy. What say you, Dwight? Okay. So, this is the thought that I formulated first and foremost. In life, when you are attempting to follow your dreams and seek your desires, you create your, you put yourself in volatile situations that you kind of have to live up to, you know, say in the same way that Gita, she, she was not handed the life she wanted. She was, she wasn't handed like, but this was kind of the life she chose, right? Her, the volatility of her dreams, they kind of fell out. She had to roll with the punches and, you know, make up for that. She found her own family. She made her own family and she lived a full life. At least we can assume. But on the other side of that, though, um, you got to be careful because you may not be as successful as Gita. You may fail, which is why you also have to consider the stability in these types of situations where that sticking close to quote unquote home can give you. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Yeah, but you also have to acknowledge that that doesn't come with this, that same degree of happiness and or success potentially. Okay, I hear you. What That's I a good thought. From, what, what interesting. I from what you said is like, kind of like your environments kind of has to match your goals in life, because how how is she gonna become a famous pianist and then raise this family in that era? She should have known better. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, this was uh this was an interesting one. I, I it's nice going going and watching a drama sometimes it's like something different. But uh hopefully whatever we roll next uh, is isn't a drama. <laughs> I hope it's a drama. This put me on. This put me on. And like especially cuz it's a melodrama, like it's mad extra. I like that. What's the difference between a drama and melodrama? I'm melodrama genuinely curious. Is is basically um Everything's over exaggerated. Then that drama in general? Drama. No, drama it's like it's gonna be a little more relatable, a little more um logical, things like that. But like Sounds a lot more drama, boring. <laughs> I guess, but a melodrama is like super exaggerated. Like super exaggerated. That's the difference. I just learned that. That's today. kind that's kind of heavy handed if you think about it. Cause mellow's supposed to be chill and relaxed. How are you amping up? in a mellow drama 
Hey, man, I, I didn't make the rules. But I don't read. I was gonna say funny. I don't read the rules, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a reader. That's a good point. Crazy. I bet. Thanks for listening, and um, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next year. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever this drops. Nah, nah. I'm talking shit. Soon, soon. Don't worry. Very soon. Facts. We got some stuff coming. Peace. All right, until next time, peace and love. Take care.